0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. From the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat. Does anybody know what that's from? If you do, type it into the chat right now. This is ABC Wide World of Sports. Did Anybody used to watch that? You know, I used to watch it all the time. I loved it, loved watching it. Well, we've been looking at the Old Testament prophet Elijah the last few weeks. And in these last few weeks, specifically, we saw how Elijah experienced the thrill of victory over the evil king Ahab and the false prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. Immediately, the story after that, the story is going to move from his greatest victory to the agony of defeat. Elijah's going to go from the top to the bottom. And today we are looking at Elijah's personal breakdown. After Elijah prayed and God sent fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and everything on the altar, the people of Israel, they, they bowed down and said, yes, the Lord God, Jehovah God, he is the only true God. Then all of the false pro- prophets of Baal, were, they were, they were uh, executed, they were slaughtered. Elijah prays for rain and a huge thunder uh, thundercloud, comes in from the ocean, ends up drenching the, the, the parched land and breaking the three and a half year drought. And that's where I want to pick up the story today. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 1, it says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, Jezebel's his his evil wife, and how he had killed all the prophets with the swords. Verse 2, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. In other words, like you had my prophets killed, I'm going to have you killed. The scripture goes on and says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, and I want us to say something together here. It says, Elijah was what? Let's say it out loud. Let's type it into the chat. Elijah was afraid, right? He was afraid. And what did he do? What does it say that he did? It says that he ran for his life. Now, Elijah, we're going to see, ends up a few hundred miles from his home where he is, he is feeling helpless and hopeless, and even prays for God to take his life. It's the agony of defeat. You see, today is the story of Elijah's battle with discouragement and depression. Now, depression is a major problem, uh, even today. Statistically speaking, one out of four women will suffer from clinical depression at some point, and one out of 10 men will also suffer. Now, researchers tell us the difference is not because women are more depressed from men, but rather they are far less likely to admit their problems and far less likely to seek help. Depression costs American businesses about $44 billion a year, and it is the leading cause of disability in America. We know that there are many causes of depression And often they're even interrelated, including things like stress or difficulty in personal relationships, medical problems, poor diet, trauma, and genetic factors. No one is exempt. It's not a matter of IQ, age, or social class. Now, I realize the word depressed or depression is a loaded word today especially because there are many different kinds of dep- being depressed, ranging from people who are, who are, you know, discouraged, all the way up to those with, with, with chemical, even clinical issues that are going on in their lives. And when it comes to dealing with depression, there are about three different ways to approach it. Physically, spiritually, and psychologically. There are those who say that it's all Physical. And, and those who say it's all physical basically say that any time that you're depressed, you just need to take some time off. You just need to get rid of whatever it is that's causing you stress. You need to exercise. You need to eat right. And then you'll be all good. There are those who take the approach that, that, that depression is exclusively spiritual. And their standpoint is, is more of the Oh, well, you're depressed. Well, you need to show more faith. You need to quit sinning. You need to pray. You need to let go and let God. And then finally, there are those who think depression is all psychological. Let's sit on a couch and let's talk about it. Let's talk it out. Now, what we're going to discover in our story today is that God is actually going to address or use all three of these God is going to minister to Elijah physically. He's going to tell him to eat and get some rest. He's going to minister to him spiritually. He's going to give him the word of God and speak God's word into his life. And psychologically, he's going to allow Elijah to talk through and to talk out his thoughts and his feelings. Now, my purpose in this message, I want to be clear about this. It is not to diagnose the different kinds of depression or provide one solution for all of it. But the passage that we're gonna look at today is a passage that will speak to different dimensions or different aspects of depression and discouragement. And I'm trusting that God will speak to your spirit today and, and have you hear what you need to hear from him. So what brought Elijah to this point? what happened? How did he go from this mighty man of faith to such a place of hopelessness and despair? How did he go from the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat? What occurred? How did he get to this state? How do we get to this state or to this place? Well, we can get to that place of discouragement or depression a few different ways. One way is that we can wear ourselves out We can wear ourselves out. Over the past few years, Elijah had been on this massive spiritual battle. He had been trusting God and he had been praying and trusting God and praying and seeking God and relying on God and God was his only source of strength and asking for God to do the miraculous. He was battling with the false gods and he was was praying even more. Here's a person who was worn out. He was worn out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it all caught up to him. And he decided it was time to get away, to run away, to get as far away as possible. You might wonder, why am I so depressed? Or why am I so discouraged? Why do I feel so helpless or so hopeless? For some, it may be because you're worn out. For some of you moms, you're maybe working a full-time job, you're taking care of the house, you're putting dinner on the table, you're dealing with your kid's new version of school, and you're wondering, man, why am I so down? For some of you, you're worn out. For some of you, this online schooling thing, it's already wearing you out. You're worn out mentally, emotionally, physically. For some, you're just not sleeping enough you're stressed out, you're worried about your job, you're thinking, man, if I, you know, if I get COVID, uh, my job's going to go away. How am I going to pay my bills? For some, it's, it's a mental or emotional or spiritual exhaustion. I can't keep doing this. I can't be strong for everybody else. I can't keep providing. I can't keep nurturing. I can't keep being the one to be the leader or to be strong and you're totally exhausted and you're worn out and consequently you're discouraged or even depressed another way that you and I can end up depressed or or discouraged is that we can shut people out and that's exactly what Elijah did first Kings 19 verse 3 it says when he came to Beersheba in Judah he left his friend his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness the reality is that's what a lot of us do when we get overwhelmed we say you know what I'm not letting you in I'm not letting that person in they're not going to know what I'm going through I'm not going to tell them they're not going to know what my feelings or thoughts are in fact they're not going to understand anyway and so we we hold it all in and we put up walls and we start to push people away we can get depressed when we wear ourselves out, when we push people away. But another way that we can get depressed is we start focusing on the negative. And that's exactly what Elijah did here. First Kings chapter 19, verse 4. Elijah said this, he says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Now what's interesting in this passage is nobody was asking him, if he was better than them. Nobody expected him to be better than his ancestors. But in his mind, self-pity started to take over. And one of the problems with self-pity is it exaggerates, doesn't it? Think about it. Self-pity exaggerates. I'm never going to be any good. I'm always going to be stuck in life. My life's never going to get any better. I'm never going to get into that school. I'm never going to get that promotion. My kids are never going to come to Christ. I'm never going to fit into these jeans again, right? Self-pity exaggerates, but it also compares. I'm not as fill-in-the-blank I'm not as smart, I'm not as tall, thin, tan, athletic, rich, gifted as that person. It's just exaggeration. It's focusing on the negative. It's focusing on comparing. It's all the bad, but none of the good. It's why self-pity is really the enemy of spiritual growth. Self-pity prevents you and I from having a growing, healthy, dynamic relationship with God. So we can get discouraged or we can get depressed when we're worn out, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, when we shut other people out and when we focus on the negative. But we can also get discouraged and depressed when we forget about God, when we forget about his goodness in our life. I want you to think about this. Think about all that God did in the life of Elijah if you think back to the last few weeks we've been studying together. His supernatural protection over Elijah's life, his supernatural provision, birds feeding him, God giving him water from a brook even though they were in a drought, God using him to raise somebody from the dead, bringing down, praying and bringing fire from heaven, praying and bringing down rain from the heavens. And yet, Elijah found himself saying, God, you're not going to come through for me. God, I'm all alone here. He forgot all the goodness and the provision of God in his life. And see, that's something you and I can do as well. So, what I want to do is I want to dive in further and I want to look at what God did with Elijah as God addressed him physically, spiritually, and psychologically. And again, let me reiterate. I'm not trying to provide one solution to our discouragement or our depression. Rather, as we look at what happened to Elijah, I believe that God can speak into our circumstances, into our situations. So let's dive further in. When we are discouraged or we are depressed, God wants us to eat and to rest. Notice what it says in 1 Kings here. He says this. It says in verse 19, It says, the angel touched him, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5. It says, the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Verse 6, Elijah looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. God provided miraculously again. Scripture says this, he ate and drank and then lay down again. Eat and rest, eat and rest Now for some of you, not all of you, but for some of you, those of you who think you have so much to do, you have so much to do for God, you have so much to do for your family, you have so much to do for work or for friends, no matter what it is you think you have to do or what it is you think you have to accomplish, here's God's Word for you today. The most spiritual thing that you can do is something physical rest rest some of you the most spiritual thing that you can do is not going to another you know meeting it's not reading another bible verse it's not checking off another box on your to-do list for some of you the most spiritual thing you can do is rest in fact i'd say this one of the most disobeyed commands of god is that people don't rest remember what God said? He said to honor the Sabbath. I want you to think about this. God himself at creation, he worked for six days and then he rested on the seventh day. Even God rested. In other words, God built into the very fabric of the universe that there is a time to work and to work hard, that there's a time to to serve the Lord. But there's also time for da- there's also meant to be downtime. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is have a good meal, and get some rest. Now this isn't necessarily true for everyone. I mean, some of us we're professional resters, right? I mean, come on, let's be real for a second. There isn't a recliner you don't recline in. There isn't a chair you don't lounge in. There isn't a bed you don't lie in, right? I know it's not really true for all of us, but for others. I believe that God would say to you, it does not matter if the clothes are dirty. It does not matter if the dishes are done. It doesn't matter if the cars are washed. It doesn't matter if the yards are mowed. It doesn't matter if you close the deal tonight. It doesn't matter if you finish that spreadsheet uh, spreadsheet, that spreadsheet Today, it doesn't matter if some things go undone, because right now, right now, what is most important is that you rest, that you rest. The angel of the Lord provides food, and he lets Elijah take a nap. It goes on, 1 Kings 19, verse 7, it says, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So Elijah got up and ate and he drank. Now, check this out. Strengthened by the food and certainly by the rest. Strengthened, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, this is the same mountain that scholars believe is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Basically, what you have here is this, hey, Eat, rest, and then go to church, right? Eat, rest, and go to church. Go to the place where God is. When you're discouraged, when you're depressed, eat, rest, and now go to the place where you will experience the Lord, where you will have an encounter with the Lord. So when you are discouraged or depressed, God wants you to rest, and God wants you to go to where He is but second, God wants to replace our lies that we say to ourselves or we believe with his truth. Replace the lies with the truth. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, it says, Elijah went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? God knew why he was here, but he wanted him to voice his thoughts. To verbalize what it was he was believing. Whatever faith fears were dominating his life whatever lies he was believing then God could correct the lies that had been paralyzing Elijah and and causing him to be fearful what are you doing here Elijah verse 10 it says he replied I've been zealous for the Lord God Almighty that's true the Israelites have rejected your covenant that's true torn down your altar that's true altars that's true and put your prophets to death with a sword. That's true. I'm the only one left. And that is false. He's saying, I'm the one doing all the work. That is false. I'm the only one who cares enough. That is false. I'm the only one who can get it done. False. I'm the only one. It's me. I'm all alone. False. Speaking Lies to yourself. If you read on in the story in First Kings chapter 19, verse 18, God's going to correct his lie with truth. He's going to correct his self-pity with truth. Elijah, he's gonna say, You aren't the only one. There are another seven thousand other Israelites who have not bowed down to Baal or Asherah. There's seven thousand others who are still seeking me, who are still praying who are still going after me, the one true God. Don't believe the lies, Eliza. You are not the only one. See, I can only imagine what God wants to say to those of you right now who are believing lies. I can only imagine. You're saying, oh, my marriage, it can never be healed. Why? Why not? Seriously, why not? Why not? God can do the miraculous. With God, all things are possible. Replace the lie with the truth. Oh, my kids are never going to come back to Christ. Why not? With faith as small as a mustard seed, God can move mountains. Oh, I got this medical report and and now I'm going to have to. Okay, really? Is that too hard for God? My life's never going to get any better. I'm never going to have an intimate relationship. I'm stuck in this dead-end job. I've got no real ministry. I can't make a difference. My spouse is never going to believe in Christ. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. God wants to take all those lies and replace them with truth. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. He says, we take every thought, what? Write it down. Type it in in the chat. We take every thought, what? We take every thought captive. And what do we do with it? And we make it, what? Obedient to Christ. In other words, that self-pity, that thought, I capture it. It's not true. I grab a hold of it. It's a lie. I make that lie obedient to the truth of Christ. Here's what God says is true. I shelve the wrong thought. I put it aside and I replace it with a true thought. I replace it with truth. By the way, this is one of the reasons that knowing Scripture and memorizing Scripture is so important for us. Think about this, Ephesians chapter six, it talks about the spiritual armor of God that that we have. And it talks about the sword of the spirit. What's the sword of the spirit? What is it? Type it in if you know it. The sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. So I want you to think about it. It's this weapon that we have and the lies come at us and you take that sword and you fight them off, right? You, a lie being you, you're receiving this lie and you fight it off with the word of God. A lie comes and you fight it off with truth. A lie comes at you. No, this is what God's word said. This is truth. And you slash away at those lies with the word of truth. What about you? What does your self-talk say to you right now? What lies are you believing that you need to replace with truth? What lies are you speaking to yourself? Maybe, just maybe, God is saying to you, He's saying, you know what? You're going to continue being stuck. You're going to continue to stay stuck until you stop believing the lies and recognize and speak truth, the whole truth. There's 7,000 others. You're not alone. There are people who love you. There are people who care about you. There are others who want to come alongside of you, who want to surround you. There's a Holy Spirit who will comfort you. Don't believe the lies. God's prescription for our discouragement, for our depression is rest. Second, it's replace the lies with the truth of God. But third, when we're discouraged and we're depressed, God wants to speak to us in a still, small voice, in a quiet voice, in a gentle voice. Elijah's used to dealing with God sending, you know, the fire, sending the deluge of rain. He's used to God providing and working in the miraculous way. He has truly seen the mighty power of God. But watch what the Bible says in this passage First Kings chapter nine, we're gonna pick it up in verse eleven. It says, The Lord said to him to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there's an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, and surely the Lord would be in the fire, right? But no, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? Would you say it out loud as you're typing it in the chat? After the fire came a what? Say it out loud. What what came? A what? A gentle whisper. Type it in. A gentle whisper. You see, sometimes when you and I are at our lowest, that's when God speaks the softest. When we're at our low point, that's when God speaks the quietest. And sometimes it's just a nudge. Sometimes it's just an impression. Sometimes it's just a single word. It may not be much, it may not be loud, but it's exactly what we need. A gentle whisper. Not some booming sign of God that God is capable of doing and has done in the past and will do again but just a whisper. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Do you want to hear from the Lord today? How about we be still and we listen for that gentle, still small voice, the quiet voice, the still small voice of God that says, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. You're not alone. Don't give up. Don't give in. I love you. I care about you. I'm with you. I see you. I understand what you are going through. You're right. It's not fair. I see you. But I will be your strength in times of trouble. I will comfort you with a comfort that only I can provide. The still, small voice of God. Sometimes, the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Other times, we capture those lies and we replace them with truth. And still other times, we be still and we listen for the still, small voice of God, the whisper from God. And the fourth thing that God does with Elijah and he does with us is God gives us something to do. God gives us something to do. First Kings chapter 19 verse 15 it says this it says the Lord said to Elijah go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there anoint Haziel, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elijah. Elisha, excuse me, to succeed you as a prophet. I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you today, is speaking to many of you today saying there is something for you to do. You feel down, you feel blue, you feel hopeless, you feel helpless, you feel afraid, you feel unsure, you've lost your confidence, your confidence, you're discouraged, you're depressed. God is saying, I have something for you. I have a divine assignment for you. Are you a mom? Go back to doing what moms do. Are you a business person? Go back to doing what a business person does. Are you a person of prayer? Go back to praying like a man or woman of God prays. Do you have the gift of serving? Go back and serve. Do you have the gift of giving? Go and give. Do you have something to? to give. Go back and do it. Go back and do what God has called you to do, and then watch what God does as he begins to bring life back to you, in you, that will flow out of you. It's no surprise that Elijah's greatest victory, right on the heels of it, came his greatest defeat the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. It's not a sin to be discouraged. It's not a sin to be depressed. Everyone suffers to some degree with both. So don't fight the battle alone. Don't do this alone. Get some rest. Invite God in. Listen to His still, small, quiet, gentle whisper of a voice believing his truth rather than believing the lies invite others in get all the help that you can and remember there is no pit so deep that the love of god is not deeper still if you're discouraged if you're depressed and be encouraged today be encouraged today the lord still loves you he has not forgotten you He is with you. He sees you. He understands what you are going through. Turn to the Lord. He is the one who will be your strength in time of trouble, just like he was for Elijah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we come before you right now. And each one of us, Lord, have at some point in our life have dealt with some form of discouragement, depression. God, I recognize fully that some deal with this depression on a, on a whole nother level, on a medical level, on a clinical level. And God, for those who are in that, those circumstances, I just pray, God, that you would do a special miraculous touch in their life and help them, use doctors to help them, use medication to help them. God I recognize there's, there's that level involved in this, but God I also recognize there's another level there's a level God for all of us, that we need some rest for all of us. we need to not stop believing the lies and believing your truths that we need to touch bases with this thing inside of us that you've put there. We need to be more in tune with it and do what you've called us to do. So right where you are, whether you're working out on a walk, in a vehicle, on a couch, on a recliner, laying down in bed, standing up in the living room, wherever you are right now, I'm going to ask that you take a moment. You just cry out to God. Say, God, I'm calling out to you. I need your help. So speak to me. Speak your truth to me. God, will you lift me up when I'm down, when I'm discouraged, when I'm sorrowful? Lord Jesus, hear these prayers. Speak to us a simple word of truth, of encouragement. Thank You, Jesus, for Your Word. Thank You for this story. And God, I pray as a result of what You're doing today, God, that You will change lives forever today. Beginning today. And I ask for this and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.